Hello and welcome back to the Not So Fit Couple podcast with your hosts, Lucy Davis and Benjamin Holden. This is so exciting. This is episode numero uno of season number four of the Not So Fit Couple podcast. It's been a hot minute, hasn't it? Feels it feels very strange. We've had, feel a bit strange? We've had a full two months, <laughs> over two yeah, months off, two which months. is the longest time we've ever taken off since the podcast has begun, which over three no, I think it's years. two and a half years. 2018, we, did. we started. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so three years every single week, even when we went to Australia. Holidays, yeah. Holidays. We did a podcast episode every single week for that amount of time. So to be fair to ourselves, we are allowed a little bit of time off sometimes. Yeah, the, re- the reason why we did that as well was because the episodes before christmas they were a bit like botchy we just we're setting up podcasting just like all the living room trying to deliver them instead yeah just moved house but now we've got a whole new set which we're going to go into but first yes this episode is sponsored by fabla x men i've been with fabla x men for three years almost as long as the podcast that's insane which is which is insane uh i had a great experience with them and i should be with them for Ever. Ever. I'll talk, well, I'll, talk, uh, hint, hint. I'll talk more about them and some of the VIP offers as we get into the podcast. Wait there, well, don't show people yet. Oh, I can't don't show, show people. people. So we've got, we've got some new parts <laughs> of the podcast. One of those being, you might not be able to see, um, but in future episodes, we, or you should be able to see the new sign that we've got, the not so thick couple sign. We've got a nice blue sign there. We will have a, another angle set up at some point which you will be able to see on YouTube. So if, if you're not on YouTube at the moment, flick over onto the channel because we're just going to quickly talk through the new set that we've got. We've got the new sign, the blue sign. Yeah, Cal can flick it up on the screen. Which you can flick up on the screen, he yeah. Can show the, he can show the whole pizang. And then what, what Lucy is about to show you now is, I'd say, is a bit of a piss take, to be honest. Well, it, it shouldn't have been a piss take moment. It should have been, this is the most amazing thing. We were so excited to have these created, handmade and delivered Science sealed, delivered to, <laughs> to look like us. Are you ready? Are you ready, YouTube? Wait, wait there, this is. These are supposed to be bobbleheads of me and Lucy, by the way, because for the new set, we wanted a bit of character. Okay, so we're not calling them Ben and Lucy. We are calling them... Len and Boosie. Len and Boosie, because... They're all alter egos. Right, if you ever... There we go, YouTube. <laughs> what the fuck is that? Look at that. Honestly, oh Kyle's just going to make sure we can see this properly. So this is... Boosie, and this is no, that's Len. Len. No, Len is me. Oh, this is Len, and, and I'm I'm Boosie. So the, the re- these we we got we just, wanted these as like a not, serious prop, but now I just think they're going to become a piss take. My part of the head podcast. doesn't even move. Yeah, and then this is the most hysterical moment. Look at the size of my boobs. Yeah, they she's boobs. giving me like a D. Uh, look at my ass. I, I think what she's done is she's look t- at my bum. She's taken she's taken <laughs> a load of glutes and she stuck it to your chest, hasn't she? Yeah, we just but. Sometimes you just got to take, I just, honest to God, the whole shoe situation, everything. Also, by the way, these were £150. It yeah. wasn't like they were a cheap prop. This, we, yeah. we paid a decent dollar for these and they just look like, I don't know. Yeah, well, I so, just, it's please, not the one. Please welcome to the Not So Fit Couple podcast, Len and, and Boosie. Boosie. Yeah, your new hosts. Yeah, also there we have... Obviously, a whole new setup. The other thing we're going to introduce is a third camera mics. angle. We have new mics, so hopefully our angelic voices sound even more angelic. Angelic. Um, new boom arms. We've got a, we've new, got a new, wall. new desk. We've got a new, <laughs> a new wall. Wall. It's a new, new set, office. isn't it? It looks pretty epic. <laughs> yeah, it's All, crazy. Also, we have now another member now mic'd up. Would you like to say hello? Oh, yeah. 
Hello, everybody. That was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so in, in previous podcasts, we had Cal like in the background. We'd have to repeat every single thing he said, whereas now... You don't need to worry about that. Yeah. Mm. If I'm coming in with some, I don't know, interesting factoids. So Stats, statistics. Cal's going to be sit, spitting bars and be, essentially when we need or we need when we need some information that we're not 100% sure on, Cal's going to be just clarifying stuff, yeah, yeah, to make sure that we aren't getting too much shit wrong, That's which... Good. We're all allowed to get stuff wrong every now and again. But that's the point of our podcast as well. We're very much so if we don't know something or don't understand something, we're going to ask questions, especially when we have guests on. You'll see how we do that quite a lot in terms of they'll say something. It's like, but but what is that? What 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 does that word mean? We that's we so do have a yeah. Because you can you can you can know that the information that you're getting from the not so applicable podcast is accurate. Legit. Mm. So Cal's basically a better looking version. Of the Jamie on the Joe Rogan podcast, aren't you? Exactly. Yeah. I don't know what he Young looks Cal. like. I don't. The voice of reason. Mm. Um, also, another prop of the not podcast that, that Lucy does not yet know about. Is it ready? a dildo or something? <laughs> is, it on the desk? is it a dildo? Is it what is on the desk? Why? Right, okay. In because what world? Because you've hidden it from me. Yeah. It's under there, isn't it? it? Right, okay. The, you can't see it at the moment, people who are listening to or watching the podcast. And I've also if, not seen if it. This, if this was a dildo, right, yeah? This would be the dildos of all motherfucking dildos. Okay, you ready? Shut your eyes, sex, whilst I get out. It's Don't not, knock my penis, coffee over. Okay. But yeah, also, yeah. if you're listening to the podcast and you're not subscribed to YouTube and you can't see this hysterical moment, go to the Not So Fit Couple podcast YouTube. on YouTube and yeah. subscribe. I'm now just removing the jump off with my eyes closed. It makes me feel like someone's going to hit me in the face. Can you get some build-up music going? Carl, can you do the Lord of the Rings? Dum, dum, dum. Okay, is it near me yet? No, it's not going near. Oh right, is it not going near my face? No, not. I've got a big dildo smack me in the face. No. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Come on. Okay. Can you see that on the, the camera? Should I? Should I be opening my eyes yet? Oh, I feel a bit sick. Okay, do it now. Do you want to see? Three, two. Can I open my eyes? Want to open your eyes? How great's that? That's fucking shit. What is what that? What do you mean? That's shit. Wait there, everybody. Okay, there's more. So it glows, doesn't it? It, it, it lights <laughs> up. I can see the lights inside. Oh dun, 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 dun. That is really So this is a obviously everyone knows my passion for monster energy. I have well, I have the ultra ones, the zero sugar ones. Now we've got an unbelievable prop on the podcast, which is essentially a real life fire extinguisher with a monster in it every week. Where's that gonna go? Just right there. No, it can't because that's gonna block our lovely sign. So it goes there like that. Wow. Dun 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 dun. Wait there. Now that the looks so shit, Carl. That looks bit. so shit. We can't have that on the desk. There we go. I thought it was going to enhance the noise. That means it's go time. Can we maybe just push it back a tiny bit so it's not covering the T and the F? It can't literally go back any further. Oh, look at that, guys. There Isn't that an absolute monstrosity of a... Beautiful. Okay, I really can, didn't you know what you were going to You won't be able to see it in the video out. at the moment anyway until we get the wide lens. <laughs> until we get the wide lens and Lucy yeah. blares it out. But in today's episode, in today's episode, we have a wide variety of topics. And because we haven't done a podcast in quite a while, there are a few things that we're going to talk about. Also, mm. people have probably seen it already. But we've got some new artwork changes as, as well on the podcast. Oh, my God. Yeah, we look well different now. Yeah, we do. We used to have our little candy cane 
uh, tubs on the thumbnail. We call it thumbnail. The artwork of the podcast. Yeah. Now we've got some new lovely artwork on there. Us matured. Yeah, I think just to give that a bit of context is when we first started the podcast. I guess as individuals, we've changed in terms of as the business has developed, as the My Coach School app has developed mm-hmm. and things like that. And as individual people, how we've grown with the podcast and we just think the new artwork really shows that well, yeah. to be honest. We just felt we've out, outgrown the yeah. old artwork in a way and because we're introducing a whole new season, season four, it made sense to, whilst doing a whole new setup, to also have some swanky new artwork. So hoping you enjoy that as well. Yeah, obviously it's not a direct representation of us. It's, it's like enhancing mm. some distinguishable features. Indeed it is. But yes, today's episode, we are talking about quite a large variety of things. And I think it's a lot of stuff that we've kind of experienced in the past. It's a bit of a catch-up. Two months. Yeah, <laughs> but a bit of a catch-up, guys. Yeah. <laughs> you said it's that like, so you know, quickly. You know, when you go around to your nans, you haven't been there for a while. And, you have, and she, 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 she cracks the, the biscuits in out of the club biscuits. You've yeah. got your penguins. You've got those little gold wafers in yeah. the wrappers. You have a cup of tea, which isn't... Bourbon. It's it's probably been sitting on the side for five minutes because your nan doesn't like having hot things. That's, that's kind of what today's podcast is all about. Yeah, and we're starting it with something which we feel a lot of people had felt. I, de- I definitely feel it every day because it comes out of my bum. The wind. <laughs> it wasn't that. <laughs> That's like a pump. <laughs> no. So the first thing we actually wanted to touch on, stop laughing, Ben, because you're really off putting. But it's just crude to say fart, isn't it? Well, you just said it anyway. Pump. Um is actually the Storm Eunice that had happened. And then we moved on to Storm <laughs> Frederick. <laughs> Who labels these storms, by the way? Well, the alphabetical. Some fucking boffins. Kyle, what, what, was the F, what was the F one called? Franklin. Not, <laughs> not Frederick. <laughs> Franklin. And so the other night. I'm pretty sure that's my... what you labeled my penis as a long time ago. <laughs> I didn't. That's so rude. Sure okay, so anyway, with these storms happening, if you live in the UK, depending on where you actually live in the UK, the storms were absolutely crazy and they actually there was a lot of devastation that had happened from them. I mean, there's obviously some viral memes which were hilarious, like the the dustbin that was like in the air and the trampoline, but also a lot yeah, of devastation. Yeah, but they were real as well. No, no, that's what I mean, like absolute devastation. But when this happened on Monday night, <laughs> myself and Ben didn't sleep for the full night. So the whole eight, nine hours throughout the night we were awake because I thought the house was going to fall down. It obviously absolutely wasn't. And then we had doors banging. The, in the middle of the night, Ben got up and the garage had opened all the way up. And it was just... Shit was blowing out the I, garage. There was stuff all over the driveway. The, the electric about the cars. The electric the boxes outside the house just smashing against banging. the thing. I was crawling down the driveway. You were up in the garage. <laughs> door. I just... After that, though, I couldn't sleep at all. No, I had That sleep. was probably the worst sleep I've had. Not just because the sounds were waking me up. I, I was so anxious. It was yeah. unbelievable. And the next morning, I was so anxious. And I didn't understand why. But I was looking at some stuff on online to do with the wind and the storm. And although hot temperatures can increase stress hormones, um, adverse weather events such as intense thunderstorms, storms, wind, hail, and such can cause an increase in anxiety for those who worry about things in general from the anxiety center apparently yes which we can we completely felt because you i thought you were going to have a panic attack i said that to you i honestly felt like i was gonna have a panic attack your breathing really started to get short and i've had panic attacks in the past i was like oh my god i don't know what to do with someone when they're actually having one never had a panic attack 
I've had two panic attacks in my life before. One was in the pool and I fainted in the pool. And the other, I can't remember where the other was. I think it was at uni. I had two panic attacks and I just fallen fainted and passed out. Well, That's the only experience. I think that was interesting as well, was though, because I pulled up to the gym the other day on my own. <laughs> Me pulling up in my car. Okay. Um, <laughs> I... I pulled up to the gym and I was sitting in the car park and I just didn't want to go in the gym. Like usually I'm flying up a pre-workout ready to go in and tear titties up. But I just didn't want to go in the gym. And I was, put it on my story um, about how I was feeling. And so many people messaged me saying, I feel the exact same way after that evening. I didn't sleep. I felt really, really anxious in the morning and didn't want to do it. Like my stomach was turning. Mm. Um, I think it's it's weird how that just triggered. I've never felt like that from like just wind before. Like it was yeah, so it's strange. Extreme weather. On that note as well, I think it's good to clarify that being having anxiety and feelings of anxiousness are different because I think I've definitely got this wrong before and I'm sure other people sometimes get the, the two mixed up. I had actually noted down the definition of this okay. and gone back to the Dr. Mike podcast, podcast episode because we've spoken about this. But anxiety and anxiousness is often used interchangeably with feeling nervous. And although there are certain similarities and symptoms between the two, they differ in strength and persistence. Anxiety is something that is felt on an ongoing basis and is not necessarily a response to a particular experience. So you had feelings of anxiousness that night is the best way to explain it because you you don't actually yeah, have yeah. anxiety, no, no. whereas I'm the opposite. I actually have anxiety and I pretty much feel it most days I, d I don't think anyone intentionally goes oh i've got anxiety when they've got feelings of anxiousness to portray themselves in a different light no. i just think people just don't know, know the difference and that's why it's important no. that we we talk about it so that yeah. the use of language is relevant to how you're feeling or what you've got maybe i think some people also accidentally do it when they're feeling sad they say oh i'm depressed mm -hmm. and that's where a lot of people can take quite significant yeah. offense because depression is a really serious mental illness and if someone's feeling sad, they're like, oh, I'm really depressed. I think that can be really taken the, the wrong way. And actually, it's good that we speak about that because I think people do have to be careful. Because if you're actually sat there with depression and someone's just sad and they go, oh, I'm so depressed. The person with depression is probably thinking, oh my God, I'm like, that's... Yeah. It, I, I, that could probably be taken quite offensively. Yeah, yeah. Do you know, the, the thing that it made me realize at, at the gym on Monday is... Do you know when people say they feel anxious in the gym? I never used to feel anxious in the gym, and that's the first time, pardon me, for a while I have. And I think it makes that feeling makes you perceive yourself in a different way when you're feeling anxious. And when you are anxious, you perceive yourselves in a different way. And I think it's important to recognize that you you don't look or feel any different. It's just the way that you perceive yourself will be different based on when you've got or feel anxious. But how we are and how we perceive ourselves are two very different things i think it's important that sometimes we do take in external opinions or perceptions from others and what others think and i know that i say sometimes well, you shouldn't give a shit what, about what people think but sometimes it's important based potentially on that person's agenda because it gives some clarity to potentially how you are perceiving yourself because no one's completely oblivious to others opinions otherwise we'd just be complete sociopaths but if other people's context is helping you form an opinion that isn't actually true on yourself, then sometimes it's good to compare that to. Yeah. I think you and Cal can always tell when I'm having a really anxious off day. Yeah. 
because I'm a moody fucking bitch. <laughs> I am, Carl, aren't I? Like, Carl will be talking no to comment. me. No <laughs> and I know I'm doing it and it's really hard for me because that's what anxiety does for me. It makes me go in a hole. I don't want to speak to anyone. I'll have to go and sit and work on my own because, and that, but that's when I know myself, like, take, take yourself away from the situation. You, you, <laughs> the feeling's brewing, so don't, let anyone else get involved in that because I'm quite good at dealing with it mm -hmm. now. But I categorically am a moody bitch when it happens you, and it's it's not great. Do you feel better after going to the gym and, or doing some form of exercise where we run training, lifting, whatever? At the moment, I'm finding it quite hard because overall this week, I'm just really tired and I think it is from that Monday. But because we're doing so much filming at the moment, I feel like I'm not massively enjoying my gym sessions as much. Yeah. The runs are again quite difficult because I'm going through an injury. But I find running more of an escapism at the moment than I do the gym. Because at the gym, I'm like, what are we filming? When are we filming? Which I might just take a break from from a bit because I've done so much. I don't really do that, to be honest. So I don't feel like... Yeah, you much. don't get that. Whereas I feel like I'm always filming every single session. So it sometimes distracts me. But to be fair to the My Coach School app, that has really fucking helped me. The fact that I can just follow a program. Link in the description. Link in the description. The fact that I can just follow a program and I don't need to think about what I'm doing is actually, to, to be fair to me, I didn't realize how much of a game changer it is. I think people don't realize how amazing it is to follow a set program until you're actually doing it. Yeah. No matter what your training age, following a program, life-changing. Well, I always say that to people though, because if you're one of those people who lets your thoughts often drift within sessions, one of the, the great things that will help you stay focused and keep your mind from wondering because that's what you do when you're feeling anxious. You, you you worry about things in the future that are potentially going to happen. I mean, when there's there's no potential threat or anything to worry about. So I think having certain things like a program or an app to tune into that keep you, your head thinking about what you're doing next and what you've got on and what the sets, what the rest, what the rest time is massively helps you keep the focus. Like having a uh, horse, having those blinkers on mm -hmm. to keep you, you funnel your tunnel focus. But the thing that I think is, is interesting about when you've got feelings of anxiousness and then when you're going to train or when you're going to run is again, when I was sat in the car park the other day and I was talking about how terrible I felt, I went and then trained and I had uh, physiotherapy as well afterwards. So some, some bit of TLC time, I felt like a hundred times better, not, not completely better, but a hundred times better. But I think the thing in the fitness industry that we often get mixed up with is that exercise is not therapy. Exercise can be therapeutic and it can make you feel better because of it, but it is not therapy. And I think that's the that's the kind of thing that we need to distinguish between the two. Because again, go, I've had therapy before and it's very different to just going for a gym session and almost, it doesn't put a plaster over the wound, so to speak, but it definitely doesn't have the same impact and effect. I have a question though. How do you know that it generally doesn't feel like therapy for some people? Therapy can feel therapeutic. But why can't it be therapy for some people? If some people go to the gym to release endorphins and serotonin and feel better, they might in their head see that as therapy. Some people don't want to go and speak to someone. And this is just, I'm generally curious. I wouldn't actually know. So at the moment, my mum's a great example. She's having therapy. She's speaking to someone, but she always says to me, because at the moment she can't go on her bike, the gym is her therapy. But therapy is a medical treatment. Okay, is that the actual, is that the term? A therapy, a therapy or medical treatment is attempted redemption of mental of, of health problem using medical diagnosis. As a rule, each therapy has indications and contradictions. There are many different types of therapy. 
Yeah, she has many different types yeah. of therapy. Not all therapies are effective. Many therapies can produce unwanted adverse effects. Yeah. That was just my brain being curious because I know a lot of people do refer to it as they think exercise. I don't see exercise as therapy. I I completely agree with you. I think it's really therapeutic. Well, I think the thing that you've got to remember is as well, at the same time, you're still when you're going to do an exercise, you're putting stress on your body. Mm. And like potentially that's the polar opposite to what therapy is that you should be well i don't know again i could be wrong you should be removing stress from your body not putting additional ones and by the way i think if you've got feelings of anxiousness exercise definitely helps and just saying i don't believe it's therapy yeah as in branding is the word therapy Yeah. yeah that was just my brain being curious to understand what it means i think as well if some people going through a really difficult time and in their head they're like exercise to me is therapy just let them think that because if it is actually help if they're thinking that and it helps them personally that's fine but i, I do think, think it does though because i think it i think the reason why i'm saying it's not therapy is because it masks people's problems when really they need more help than just oh, going yeah, to the gym 100 i i think saying to people that, that exercise is therapy just almost alleviates dependent on the magnitude of people's problems it eliminates like temporary pain but they're still not getting to the root cause the root cause of the problem yeah no i agree with that 100 percent. which is probably why it's good to have a mixture of looking after your health in a physical aspect yeah. looking after your health yeah. in and, the and don't get me wrong it definitely aspect. definitely helps but it's not i don't think it's the be all and end all well you've <laughs> you've had some really weird experiences not weird experiences but the feelings of and i know you noted this down before because i saw the anxiousness and the the feelings of anxiety yeah and i'd looked into it no no sorry anxiousness and the feelings with alcohol yes so alcohol and anxiousness and that's not something that i've ever i I, i've never usually dealt with that with hangovers it's just not something i've ever really experienced but when i looked into it a bit more Alcohol changes your levels of serotonin and yeah. other neurotransmitters in the brain, which can actually worsen the feelings of anxiety and anxiousness. And you might feel more anxious after the alcohol wears off, which is really interesting. Yeah. So once the alcohol starts coming out of your body, that's when the anxiety can sometimes, or the anxiousness can sometimes feel worse. But you were really bad the other week. I think, you? You just... I think because I drank so much. So, yeah, like, we were, were at this new, we at this New Year's party. And, oh, you're talking about New Year's? Yeah, oh, I was talking about a different time. I just, on like a sweet, I, I drank, I had like five beers and I'd gone to, to rum in some mixers. And I, through the course of the night, I think I drank about half a bottle of Bailey's by just sipping on the bottle. I, I, I ate like. You also ate I, half a tub of mayonnaise. Yeah, I was just squirt a mayonnaise in my mouth, which is minging. That is feel disgusting. Sick. There's videos of and Ben then, with just like. I'll try I've and never... find the video of me doing it, and I'll, I'll Cal, can you put Cal it up on screen? on screen? Um, because I had a saucepan on my head DJing with chips, so that was that was entertaining. But yeah, so I drank a lot that evening. But usually when like I went, I've been on loads of lads' holidays where. That's 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 been loads of last holidays. This was pre Lucy Davis. Yeah, it was. <laughs> when I was when I was eighteen, nineteen, and I just used to get twatted every night. Like two weeks smashed every single night. Not a feeling of anxiousness in in the world. Get up, get twatted again. Get up, get twatted again, and just do it over and over and over again. I don't know if it's a thing that's come with age, where I just seem to feel it happens you most times. I drink. I sometimes wonder: is it the type of drink that you have that that sometimes makes you feel like that? I don't know. Well, 
red wine gives you headaches. Gin makes me cry. The hangovers that you get off red wine, though, is a different level. Yeah, which is a shame because I'm a red wine drinker. Do you know, just talking about alcohol in general, we're talking about alcohol very openly. I had this question the other day, and I, to be honest, I get it every single weekend. A little bit annoying, I get a little bit pissed off, but it's all right, we move. Every time I put a picture of like having wine or a drink up, people are like, do you drink every weekend? How often do you drink? Like, how much do you drink? I'm like, I have probably a glass of red wine every weekend. And at the end of the day, it's everything in moderation and how you choose personally to fit it into your lifestyle. Yeah. I, I categorically could not go out a couple of times a week and drink loads. One glass for me is just like enough at a weekend unless I'm like going out, out. Yeah. So yeah, I think you'd, you'd, I'd fall into the category of binge drinker. Yeah, as in you cannot I, just have one. No, not <laughs> fucking. Hell, I haven't got like. No, I know, but um, sorry, that made it sound like you just can't have one. No, drink. What, I think the 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 more so the definition of binge drinker is where I don't just sit and have a a drink that often because you just have a diet coke or something. Me, I'm not asked. I mean, if I'm, if I'm having if we're making a pasta or something at home, I'll have a glass of red wine mm. because you quite like, but. If I have a drink, I'll just go. Oh, I'm, I'm having a drink this weekend, and I'm gonna get smashed. And I'll go. Then I'll go out. Yeah, I don't really do that, do I? I love a red wine singly yeah. by itself. But I just think it is an important thing to note because myself and Ben, you know, we're in the fitness industry, fitness health hashtag fitspo hashtag balance hashtag balance. That's what we're all about in the my coach school as well. Like it's so great as well because in that community <laughs> balance, group, just barbells and binge drinking, baby. <laughs> No, because in that community group, the My Coach School group on Facebook, which you can absolutely join for free, by the way, it's so nice that in our group every weekend, people are posting like what they're having. They're going out for food. They're having this. They're having that. They're having a drink. And that's, I don't think a lot of fitness groups are like that. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Where they actually feel comfortable enough that people aren't going to say toxic messages and things like that to them because they're having a freaking glass of red wine. Talking of red wine, I might even do it for my YouTube video this weekend. We've got uh, Nutty Foodie Fitness, Steffi and her boyfriend Grant round again this weekend. Two absolute legends. We're going to yeah, do. They're staying for three days. They, like, yeah. <laughs> they've got a room in, in our, the house. In our hashtag our chest home. Yeah. But we are going to be doing some. What do you call it? Wine we have the ultra marathon training again yeah. you're doing some swimming with Steffi I think on Friday and then we're going to do wine tasting on, on the Saturday and Chester I interrupt today's podcast to speak about today's sponsors of this week's episode which is Fabla X Men as I mentioned I've been with Fabla X last two or three years now and they're absolutely awesome brand to work with and they do have some special offers on at the moment for you guys so one of the big offers that Fabla X Men offer is the VIP membership which essentially gives you up to 70% off on all items. And one of the ones that I often use is the two pairs of shorts for £24. They do a lot of running gear, so a lot of the stuff that you will see me running at the moment and even lifting in as well will be Fablex Men. I'll get Cal to pop up some of the images of the recent set that I've been wearing at the moment, especially like the long zip-ups. They're awesome for running outside and because they're quite lightweight, but also keep you warm. So I'll leave the link in the description for Fablex Men. You can dive over there. There's also a style quiz on there. It'll ask you where you found out about Fablex Men. If you just put my name on there, my coach Benji, that'll be much appreciated. Enjoy the rest of the podcast. Not at the same time, because that would be inappropriate. I not getting pissed around Chester Zoo. <laughs> Chester Zoo, and then we're going wine tasting. Yeah. But yeah, it's all about balance and it's all about enjoying life. Yeah. Uh, top, I want to discuss this, top watches or films, documentaries, series that you've watched recently. What have we, okay, so this is 
just one that I've enjoyed watching and you started watching it with me. It's complete chick flick, Below Deck. Cal, do you watch that as well, Below Cal, Deck? Cal does not watch it. Cal Absolutely refuses. not. But Cal, you say this, and um, Ben started watching it with me. So it would, I felt like Below Deck was just my time when I was, you know, eating my oats and stuff like that. I'd sit and watch it. And then one day, Ben decides to come along and starts watching it. So now I can't freely watch it. I have to wait mm. for Ben to watch it with me. But Below Deck was really good. Um, I've watched a film called Harriet, which was incredible. The King Richard, which was about the Venus and Serena Williams. Really good film. Watch that with my mum yeah, and dad. I can't believe you watched that one about me, to be fair. It's that time. Dad bought it though on Amazon and it's like, oh, £13. There we go. Ooh. It was like going to the cinema. It was steep, a big treat. It? it is steep. £13.99. It's because it was a new movie. But have you noticed? I've. I think Amazon started to creep the price up of films. They've got those, they've got those premier films now. We used to yeah. be able to buy them for like a fiver. So not only do you buy Prime and you don't get access to everything, it's like when they used to do those. They do it at Christmas. When Sky Movie used to do the box office Sky Movies, do you know when you'd pay like tenner for a film? Yeah, it's actually when that King Richard first came out. It was eighteen ninety nine on Amazon. Do you know what I say that though? And I still will usually buy them because I can't be asked going to the cinema. Yeah, Isn't that bad? It, I know. I've... Is it bad though? I don't know. I think that changed quite a bit after COVID. We used to go to the cinema quite a lot. And to be honest, I do love watching a home movie with you and just having our own time, being able to go up to the toilet when I need to go every freaking half when hour. We watched Spider-Man movies if we <laughs> We did watch Spider-Man. Um, and also Afterlife was really good. Afterlife, that's the one that, that I want lot. to talk about too because I thought that was a great, um, a great series on Netflix. If you haven't watched it, go and watch Afterlife because that was absolutely epic. It's... A, it's um, it's the one with Ricky Gervais and it's got 100 million views on Netflix. And I think the other thing that was great, great, I think the other thing that was great about it was that it was a series that captured a lot of issues that potentially people were going through and gave people something to relate to, especially if you if you were going through grieving or some kind of death in the family, which I think at the time when COVID was around, obviously a lot of people were going through. And I think one of the great things that they did they, I believe, donated uh, a load of benches to yeah. parks and uh, cemeteries as well because obviously he spent a large amount of the scenes sitting at the cemetery on a bench, which I thought was just a really nice touch, yeah, gesture from the, from the series. I think that's one of the things because obviously it's based heavily around grief and at some point in our lives, everyone has to experience grief with mm. a family, a friend or whatever it is. But it's the way... I think they were trying to articulate the fact that it's okay just to sit with someone and talk to them. Because the woman he was always sitting with on the bench, he'd never met her before. And then he started opening up to his friends. And it was just, it's that whole message of it's okay to talk to people. Like, don't feel embarrassed about talking about your feelings. So quite heavily on mental health, wasn't it? Yeah, I I thought it was great. Yeah, I think there was a lot of underlying messages to it and takeaways that, and as well as being so funny, by the way, like Ricky Gervais is great. So Have you watched this, his videos when he, there's like a compilation of when he did the, what's the awards called that he did? He did the Oscars, didn't he? Yeah, Oscars and the Academy, yeah, the Academy Awards. That's it, yeah. He's, he's ruthless. Yeah. But the American... I mean, some stuff he says, I'm like, whoa. Yeah, he's... No I, way. I think that's where I like him though, because he challenges very aggressively the sort of... Just... Push guidelines of political correctness. Say. Yeah, that's why I like it because I just think we're yeah. so PC at the moment. I think it's, I think it's always good when you've got some kind of balance and someone who challenges those um, guidelines. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, that was great. 
what what do you, what do you think happens when you pass away? Okay, so I like to believe. Bear in mind, I'm personally not religious. Mm-hmm. I am atheist. Kyle, am I atheist if I don't believe in? You, I think we spoke about this before. I think you're agnostic, so you're not. You don't say there's definitely no God, but you definitely don't say. No, I say I there's definitely there's no God. Oh, in oh. that case, yeah, yeah I think. <laughs> no, I, I just personally. So I didn't grow up going to church. I didn't go to a Catholic or anything school like that. I've not even been christened or baptized. I was just born. <laughs> just born? No, but I no. So I, no but I've not even you been. Christ- it seems like you know, like on the green tree, just dropped out the sky. You were just that fucking would, floated yeah. down to no, earth. No, but and well, so that's that's how I grew up and my whole family. So I am an atheist. However, just just out of the niceness of it, I like to think that there is something after I pass away. Even yeah. though in my head I'm like, I I know that there's not, but it's nice for me yeah. to think that we'll be chilling together in heaven. If in heaven I can Do you know escape. what I mean though? It's just like a nice At least in heaven I can escape. Come on, son. But no. What's it called? Heaven is a half pipe. Da, 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 yeah, da, da, absolute banger that. Uh, I, what do I, you believe? I this is I think I've discussed this in the podcast before. I believe that when we die we, I, I, once the whole earth is killed off, so like you think the last human's dead, yeah? Pardon me, it's burping. Deja vu. That's, you just wrote, ruined Sorry. the story. So once the last human, <laughs> once the last human's dead, the whole of like the world and evolution starts again. So the big bang starts again and then the whole cycle starts to begin again. Dinosaurs. Uh, yeah, and that's why you get those feelings of deja vu. Deja vu is mad, isn't it? Yeah. Like something will happen. It's like so. This could be what we're doing now. This podcast. This could be the tenth time we've recorded this podcast in the exact same way. That's a nice way to look at it. Totally. Yeah, that is a really nice way to look at it. I do like that. Mm. I think it's a weird one because it's not something I tend to think about ever. Mm-hmm. I will not think about that ever. It's just I don't enjoy to well, sit there and think about. Oh, well, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I don't think you've experienced a lot of death in your family. Obviously, maybe it's not something that you've thought about before. I mean, I've experienced tons of it fortunately the one the one thing that really hit me was when my granddad passed away mm. um and that's why when we had the discussion we had at the weekend or on valentine's so what discussions about the dinner table by the way oh we were talking about people that you would bring back from death like we don't want celebrities and stuff mm-hmm. and i said i'd bring my granddad back because he was one of the, the people i wish especially now in life with i think how i've matured and how i've changed since when i used to go around to my granddad and speak to him when i was like 15 16 i'd have way different conversation with him now as well mm. so that's someone I'd, I'd definitely bring back but yeah that's probably quite a true point like i don't think about it that often because i'm fortunate to have both sets of grandparents i think at the age of 25 that's me and my sister talk about it. it's not all that common like we're, we're so close to both of our grandparents yeah. i guess the only grief that i've ever really experienced is my mum's second cousin nikki which was last year yeah. i took quite hard which was for breast cancer, and then obviously just my best friend's dad. Yeah. And there, that's for me. It's hard, but yeah. Mm-hmm. On that note, you we well you just mentioned giving birth. One of the things that I'd noted down. Oh, we, I thought we were going to talk about the ultra. Before we can that. do, yeah, but I just think because we've just talked talked about giving birth, mm. this one is very very interesting. I think a lot of people have split opinions on this about babies being grown, about the potential of women. Never, never happened to carry, what's that, carry child again? What do they say in Vikings? Car- 
With child. With child. You'll never be with child again. Yeah, with child. I think, okay, so I knew you were going to ask this and it was, I kept trying to think, I'm trying to make notes in it and I physically can't make notes on Do it. Do give your opinion on it? I don't think you, you don't, there's no, I don't think there's any yeah, right there's, or wrong answer with it. no right and wrong with it. For people who physically cannot hold a baby, yeah. they can't provide, they, they can't get pregnant or anything like that, I think it's a good opportunity. Things like IVF and things like that, mm-hmm. really amazing. I mean, my best friend has just used IVF. Incredible, so thankful. However, I think we have grown up as women with the reproductive organs that we have to carry a child, if you can. Mm-hmm. so i'm hoping i can carry my own child and yeah. i can give birth naturally like we've done it for hundreds and hundreds of years i would just be interested to see the reasonings why people would want i mean the pictures that we saw of this were crazy weren't they it yeah. looked like this this baby was like from out of space in this like dna genetic pool it would just look quite unrealistic didn't it yeah i well, just I think kind it... of would like to know why people would I, I think that's the thing though isn't it the, the way that sometimes the these topics are portrayed for example this was on the bbc the way that these topics are sometimes portrayed by the media is almost like it is minority report where you've got these or the matrix where these weird babies are being grown and like alien eggs and stuff and i don't think it's anything like that and what what they're basically creating is an artificial womb so the, the the baby then grew and they've they've done uh, trials with, at the moment they've done it with mice and i think they've only done it with with lambs and it, it's worked at the moment so far and they were and they've done it with rabbits they were trying to get animals which were close to as possible with the way that i think humans reproduce and the way that the, the child forms in the womb because they did it with lambs and they hooked up uh, these tubes to the lambs placenta and something else so that they can bring the blood down to and the supply to help grow the baby lamb and i think it's it's worked at the moment anyway and uh, come from the umbilical cord sorry some of the reason behind it from watching the documentary was they were talking about the survival rate of babies at like that are born in week 23 is that quite premature um that would be at like 40 to 50 percent so they're looking at science which helps increases the those rates of like obviously children who die from premature death for yeah. people who couldn't have kids at all for example and um, there's quite a big focus on gay relationships especially uh, two males yeah and um and those kind of parents who then would be able to have children so they're some of the reasons behind it apparently the 10 years away from even looking at human trials so it's it, it's still way off yeah. i i don't know where my opinion is with it at the moment i think there could be good that comes from it the thing that's interesting is people were really against ivf when that first was introduced and now it's quite commonly accepted mm. um so it's i think quite, it's quite expensive ivf i'd be interested to see how yeah, exactly who, who this is going to be well, who's going to own the technology who's it going to mm. be given to um is it going to change gender roles and social norms? Because one of the big powers, I don't know if you call it a power, or one of the things that women hold is that they can re- reproduce and they hold children. If, if that is then taken away from women and anyone can then do that, does that take does that take away some of the social norms? Does that, does that sometimes maybe, I don't know, take away from women being, what's the word I'm looking for? 
um, disadvantaged or taken advantage of when in the workplace because you have to take so much time off during childbirth. So I know there's, there was a lot of discussion around where women, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know what you're trying to describe. Like basically women being disadvantaged in the workplace or when they were looking at being interviewed. Carl's going to give it a chip in. The gender pay gap. Not just so much that. Not just general inequality. What, what, yeah, the inequality of like when you're looking at two, say you had two candidates who were looking at being taken on, then often that the female would be disadvantaged. Yeah, but there's like a prejudice, prejudice against it. Yeah. yeah, because she would potentially have to go through childbirth, and then the, the employer would look at, well, okay, I'll go with the guy because he's yeah. not to take the whole time off. Does that take away that? Um, and does it stop those gender inequalities? I don't know. There's, I think mean, there's, there's a lot, there's lots of stuff to take into consideration with it as well. I think, and lots of stuff that could change. Yeah, I think obviously the thing that you will always need is the egg, which comes from a woman's body. Do you know what I mean? There's always going to have to be an egg and a sperm. Yeah. What's your point with that? Sorry. Just saying that that's obviously what how women's reproductive system. Yeah, works. I know. Yeah, but you the. But women would no longer have to carry the child. Yeah. That seems really crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's just wanted it's just a really interesting topic of conversation. I, I don't think I don't really know how I feel about yeah, it. Yeah, I don't think it's being pushed as like, oh, women would never have to carry children no, again. No, no. I think it's more so like, for example, just taking um a scenario is you had two two gay guys who want to have a kid and they couldn't get a surrogate is it called a surrogate mother? Surrogate. That then they would kind be able to grow this baby in an external womb and have have a child yeah i don't believe it's being forced but like oh no it would never do you know what i mean that that's just, i think that was a headline to get loads of people to 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 read it marketing is what it's called so i was researching into this yesterday and it seems that apparently premature birth is the main um yeah for it so if a baby's born at 23 weeks and they actually need to get to 42 which i think is the nine month pregnancy then you can just bang it into one of these artificial wombs and then no longer do you have to worry about it being oh, super premium. Oh, that's it's just so actually clever. Yeah. have the full gestation at nine months and not have all of the major complications that you get with coming nine months premature or three months premature. Yeah, because that's, that's that I looked at was the survival rate of premature babies was like 40%, which is obviously terrible. So if that increases that, then obviously the big factor. Well, that's what really interesting that Kyle just said that because I was literally thinking... Until you give birth to your premature baby, how when you get pregnant you don't know you're gonna Yeah. Your baby might be premature. But that makes sense if you give birth and it it goes in one of these sacks. That make you because you can't preempt that you're gonna have a premature baby. Yeah. You wouldn't know that your baby might come early, but that makes complete sense if it's to then help the further three months. Yeah. One of the other arguments I saw against it, someone commented on it saying about or where the finances and where's the money coming from to fund this kind of shit. We fucking fund people building nuclear bombs that never ever get used. How is this not a useful means of research? Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's not. That was just another argument anyway. COVID. COVID. Well, I feel like it's not like when, you know, you used to be, you had to whisper, you had to be really careful about when you said it. And it was almost like, do you know when you couldn't say, yeah. It was like that. But just before we go on to COVID, because you've skipped out a few things that I was going to speak about in terms of New Year's resolutions and running and okay. our New Year's resolutions, because we said we were going to briefly touch on it. Right. And I also think I don't really want to go important. into COVID. I just wanted to, to, to talk about it not being that much of a thing anymore. Oh, yeah. Well, obviously, it is a thing, and I'm really sorry for anyone who's been severely impacted by it. But 
I've, I've obviously some of the guidelines are going this week as well, aren't they? With Thursday, tomorrow. Thursday. Yeah. So I think if you test positive, you it's you well you just test positive. It's I fucking about time, isn't it? I'm absolutely sick of it. It has been a long time coming. I think especially when the second variant, which was Omicron, yeah, wasn't having this because last what it's been like two years now or something since we had yeah. COVID or a year and a half or something and we had the delta variant that actually to be fair would i felt quite significantly ill off that and i had quite long lasting effects however i think a lot of people with omicron a lot of them didn't even know that they had it so there was quite a significant difference with the actual symptoms and the feelings and then obviously the whole point of being double jabbed you're not i I mean i'm not even going to go into it because i don't know the ins and outs of having the jab me and ben are both jabbed no i don't think it's even that i think there's just a lot of relief that like finally we're we're seen to be coming through a positive stage of it you can now book your holidays yeah you can have a bit more normality you're getting rid of the mask which i just fucking hated anyway Mm -hmm. and hope well fingers crossed there's there's not another variant yeah i'm not even going to mention those words that's it because it don't want to happen you can't (laughs) that that he should not be named yes go on then talk about your uh your jogging my jogging, yeah. So we actually had this discussion yesterday talking about New Year's resolutions and how a lot of people already have essentially given up on New Year's resolutions. And it's one of those things that I think is actually super common. Unless you have somehow, unless you're staying accountable and you can track that accountability with a New Year's resolution, it's really hard to to stay with the New Year's resolution. So what was your New Year's resolution? Be massive. No, um, it was that I wanted to, I think I spoke about it in the Christmas podcast, actually. It was that I wanted to sign up to do a duathlon, a marathon, and to start writing my book. Have you done any of them? I've currently got a call booked in with a coach for the duathlon. I'm running the London Marathon, which is in October, and <laughs> I've got as far as to start on writing some of the chapters down for my book. Okay, that's pretty good going. But it's not, I haven't gone like full force into it. And this is with a, I think this was discussion or debate that me and you were having yesterday in respect to how difficult you set those New, Re- New Year's resolutions and how much pressure you put on yourself. Because I, I mean, I haven't put loads of pressure on myself to start doing them too quickly, but I've still been getting them done. Yeah. I think if you set them too hard and too, too ambitious, that's where people fuck up with them because less than 8% of people who make New Year's resolutions stick to them. Less than eight percent. Less than eight. Yes, that's really a low number. It is a low number. But that's so. Obviously, I set myself New Year's resolution of running an ultra marathon, and I booked it on New Year's Eve after about a bottle of red wine, and I paid for this ultra. And you actually do have to pay quite a lot if you're entering an ultra marathon, which is like quite a significant difference um, distance. So I'm doing a hundred k in July, and I don't think if I had been so open and honest about doing it to people online, I fucking would not have, I would not be doing it. Well, that's another interesting debate because... I found accountable yeah. You're, you, to all my followers and p- subscribers. But this is where people are different. This is where people differ. So some people like yourself will really benefit from putting mm. that type of stuff out there because it will help you keep accountable. And obviously you've got a big social media following, so it, it's going to hold you even more accountable because you've told even more people about what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. But for a lot of people, the 
main pleasure that they get out of setting a goal or something big that they're going to do is putting it on social media and getting that appraisal on the status and getting the likes and getting the comments. And then what that does is the endorphin, the happiness, the high that you get from doing the actual task and the goal and the run, whatever that may be, is diminished because you've already told people about it and you've already gained all that positive reinforcement yeah. from the people who've commented and made those comments. That's where that's where people are really different. I mean, I've done the same thing with a marathon because I'm trying to raise money for, for for meningitis and and just on that just before you dive you're you about to dive into your meningitis story do you, do you want to carry on talking just for a sec yeah okay i've been cut off again sorry about that folks so this is what happens quite often when we're at home i i want to talk about <laughs> stuff and lucy's kicking me under the table telling me no, to go, just but, because go, yours is do you know, like harry separate. potter lives in that cupboard under the stairs no joke that's what i've got no, a little i've got not, a little you're so horrible okay well i've got this little room at the back of the house and it's the only room i've been able to decorate in the whole house it's essentially like harry <laughs> potter's cupboard this whole office this was the working environment, though. Yes. This was the money maker. Still decorated it. No. Um. What I was just gonna say is, I, I'm, I'm no. I mean, putting it on social media or not and sharing my journey, or not, I, I think I still would have done it if I didn't have an injury. So, people have been really supportive because I, my injury is so off-putting. Having a tear in your hip while training for 100K is really, really off-putting for me. But by listening to other people's experiences and knowing you can get through something, I think that's been super helpful. Like either way, like online or not, if I shared it, I would have done it. And I'm raising money for breast cancer. Mm -hmm. But I think I'm finding it a lot harder than I anticipated because of said injury. Like it's actually, I've really struggled like mentally. Yeah just because I try and go out on these runs and I have to stop because I'm in so much pain. So having to stop doing something because you're injured or in pain is like just so freaking frustrating. And yeah. I hadn't anticipated that when I signed up. I think that's interesting what you said about aspirations from other people because I was listening to a podcast with the Yellow Runner on the other day and I think I was saying the same thing to you is mm. often I'll listen to podcasts like that where... Again, I'll, I'll let you go and check her Instagram out, The Yellow Runner. She's super inspirational. Uh, she does ultra marathons. She's had a hard life where she was abused as, as a kid. And she talked a lot about the hardship of growing up and why she runs and why she does what she does. And I find that super inspiring when I go out and run because I'm like, this is so easy compared to mm. what some of been people have been through. But at the same time, I'm also on the same notions that you shouldn't compare your hardships to other people and but also just because someone else's hardship is way way more extreme than yours doesn't mean that your hardships aren't valid but i do i take i take massive inspiration from people like that who have been through some kind of real trauma and persevered through the other, si other side i think it's massively inspirational was that the one on the nick bear nick bear podcast yeah, podcast. yeah, yeah. i still need to listen to that one i'll do Great that podcast. on my next really, one really, really good podcast have a good old listen and on that note I want to quickly dive into why I'm doing the London Marathon this year. Like I've, I used to be a, quite a good runner when I was a kid. Haven't run for years, and then picked it up obviously like over the last year and a half. And we've got super into running, and that's why I wanted to do something. I want to set myself a goal to get into, and I'm not an amazing runner, but I'm, I'm, I'm definitely improving, improving quite quickly because I'm just, I'm consistent, and that's how you get better stuff is you just be consistent. I'm not mm. getting super quicker. I'm not getting better super quick, <laughs> sorry. But I am getting better because I'm just super consistent. I'll do my shit. I'll get it done. And 
I applied to the London Marathon and then two days ago, I got a message back. That seems really quick. They must have read your application application well, story and been like, yeah. get him I, in. I, I applied through the Meningitis Foundation, Meningitis Research Foundation. And the reason why I did that, I don't know, if, I think I've discussed it on the podcast before, but I had meningitis when I was 18. Is and it me- meningitis, which is one, it's the viral bacteria one i believe and it's one of the most severe it takes over the body really quickly and when i had meningitis i was in a coma i'll, I'll quickly give the brief story i was in a coma for a week i went to bed based on boxing day woke up a week later with these tubes shit all over me you're about 18 which 18, is quite old which is quite old to have meningitis i was i was really lucky to wake up in hospital and have all my limbs because there's people who wake up with missing feet missing arms missing hands I was in hospital for four weeks the hardest part was that I, I couldn't have any light in the room. I couldn't watch a TV, couldn't have books, couldn't read because my eyes were killing me. I was like a visitor for an hour a day. I had this old guy look like David Seaman who used to put me in the shower and wash me down every single day, which is just a, was not um, great for my own privilege, privileges, not privileges, my own privacy. And one of the, the things that hit me hardest was that when I was walking out of the hospital, or when I was about to leave the hospital, number one, there was a another guy who was the same age as me who had died, who'd come in and died uh, about, within about 24 hours of being there with meningitis. And then the other thing that hit me and still forever to stay stays with me was when I was about to leave, the doctor came around to like sign me off and he said, Ben, one of the only reasons that you are now still alive and here is due to your where your current level of health and fitness and your strength is. Mm. And that was one of the things that he said to me before I left and that will stay with me because one of the reasons that I'm so passionate about health and fitness now stems back to then. And one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about helping other people with their own health and fitness and why that I think, I, I don't think it's ever adequate to tell people that that you are enough, that you are just enough the way that you are. It's because people can be better and you're worth more than just to say, no, you're just fine the way that you are. That's why I don't think, I, I mean, obviously there's people who, would need to be told every now and again you you are good enough for you you are great at what you do but some people need to hear that some some people need to hear that you will benefit and you are capable of doing more with your life and with health and fitness if it can be such a pivotal part of your survival and helps when things like viruses or illnesses or injuries come around and having a good set of lungs and being stronger helps survive that then why not do more why not be more why not be better i think one of the really important things you missed out of your story there was you were on a life support machine whilst in your coma Mm -hmm. when your family had to come and say bye before they switched the life support machine off but you managed to stay alive when they switched off which shows literally how fit and well because that's yeah well that's like a really vital part of the story sorry you just missed out yeah like that's in that's literally do you know what, for me, come and said bye to you for, for me though obviously that bit wasn't hard because i was just in a coma i didn't know obviously yeah, it was God. really hard for my family we had to come in and say potentially say the, the goodbye mm. to me forever when my nan came in the room apparently i shot up and sat up i wasn't awake i was just must have been like a reflex of my body yeah. <laughs> and my nan ran out and told everyone <laughs> and when they came back and i was laying back down again they didn't believe her oh no so how did they end up believing her did she did they just did the know. doctor say that can happen? Yeah, I think they would said like we will have he will have some reactions to yeah. to certain things, and obviously like people used to come in and speak to me as well because hearing voices is often good just 
whilst I'm subconsciously lying there, I suppose. But isn't that so true? What you said, like, if if we can look after our health, our, 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 the health of our bodies, and we can enhance that, yeah. why would you not do that? Yeah. It doesn't matter what shape or form. It could be going on a walk every day. If you can enhance some sort of the health of your heart, the health of your lungs, the health of your bones, joints, the list could go on and on. Why would you choose to not do that? Yeah. I mean, it's really probably quite biased for us to say because we work in the fitness industry, but there's a lot of situations and like family members, you have survived things because of your health status. Yeah, that's why I'm not a massive advocate of saying to people, oh, well, you're okay the way you are. Why? I think there's just, I think that's really demotivating to, to, to say to people sometimes. And I, by all means, I'm all about lifting people up and and instilling confidence in people and, and motivating people because that's what we do as coaches. But I also think there needs to be an aspect of where, do you know what? You are worthy of more. You deserve to be to be more of what you're doing and you can be more if you apply yourself. So to ask you a question on that, do you think your physical health is different to your physical appearance? Because I asked that because you got a hair transplant. Yeah. And that's something you physically changed about yourself, even though I said to you, I don't think you need to get one. Yeah. So what, do you know what I mean? I'm trying to differentiate. So like I don't know, ask me the question. I don't know what you're asking me. So you're, you don't think it's always right to say to people, you're, you're perfect how you are and you're exactly great exactly how you are. Because I was saying that to you before yeah, you got your I hair I think that's a bit different done. because I can't... No, that's what I'm trying I to... I can't say... I can't, like, make the effort to make my hair grow. No, I know. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, I think yeah, that's yeah. a different different scenario. And that was something you just personally wanted to get done yeah. for yourself. And you said that the whole way through. I could have been, I could have been like, it's perfect. You don't need to get it done. But that would have never changed... My perspective, yeah. Because I, I didn't give a shit what other people think. It was, what, it was my mm. personal opinion on, on that. Yeah. But I think... Because that's that's essentially like an aesthetics thing, isn't it? Is it, is it classes as aesthetics? But what I think, or what, I think what I'm trying to get across is that if you've got the opportunity to work for something and be more, why not take it? Because I think we just yeah. were so used to moddy coddling people and saying, "Oh, you're great the way you are," like wrapping them in cotton wool. I think it's demoralizing, demotivating for people who want to be more. Yeah. And I think a, a lot of people do it with people's weight loss journeys, and meddle in them. And, and telling them certain things when that person actually wants to do something. Yeah. And it's fine saying that you already look great, you, you're perfect, you look good the way they are, great. But allow them to go through the process and the journey that they're on. They will learn a lot more mm. than just about the physical appearance along that journey if they are on the right path and being educated and supported by the right people in the right way. Yeah, definitely. I think it's good where you can say to yourself, like, I'm probably at that stage where I'm like, I'm, I'm in fucking great shape but there's so much more that I can do. So I'm going to go and run 100K and then I'm probably going to run 100 miles. Yeah. Like there's, and that's pushing past, uh, it's okay to appreciate. Yeah, I'm confident and happy. Um, I feel great in myself, but what else can I do? I like the, what what else yeah. is there out I think, there? I think the big thing with that as well as though, and the times that I can be dangerous is say if someone is really unhappy or is is, is actually really depressed or isn't in a good position in life saying to them you're perfect the way you are or you're fine the way that you are is actually really shit because then why why are they going to want to change like mm. you're telling them that they're, they're okay to be unhappy and be depressed like they shouldn't want to be different is a 
it's a dangerous time to do that, especially when someone's on a, a journey doing something. I just think it can be demotivating. And I think people are just worth more. And we have such a... Sorry, I just had to stretch. <laughs> Why are you kicking me? I didn't. I just had to stretch my leg. <laughs> we, we have such a short amount of time on earth and in this life. Like, we're really short. I know we think about it. It's, it's long. But in comparison to the universe and how long it's been here and how long it will be here, we have such a real, real short amount of time here. So... I just believe people are worth more and you can leave more behind. And I don't mean go to the gym every day, run a little, ha have like an impact, enjoy life, be happy. And this is a big part of health and fitness is that people get in it to be a happier version of themselves, whether they be more, have better self-esteem, be more self-confident, look a certain way, whoa, whatever it is. But you need to be happy during that process as well. Like, yeah. And you can be happy in that process. And I think that's a big part of health and fitness is that the process needs to be enjoyable yeah because of why if you will just attach your happiness to set to point b and then you will never be happy until you get to this point that you've created that you again you may never get there yeah that was deep was it we're getting deep aren't we yeah i was quite involved i was just happily listening to you then it's, no it's completely true that what you said that you have to have that mass amount of enjoyment to for for whatever you're doing yeah and i i think we've We've, me and you definitely found that in running and that's why we've I think we've inspired and we are inspiring and we are molding and helping some of our members from this from the MCS community get into running a little bit more I'm not talking about people doing ultra marathons and marathons I'm just talking about people going out for a, a gentle jog people doing the first 5k people getting a couple of k under the belt and I think this is something that's been great from our Facebook group is that we've had a lot of people who have been lifting for a while and wanted to challenge himself doing something a little bit more, wanted to get out the comfort zone. And again, the entry level to running is just putting one foot in front of the other. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why people have, have massively enjoyed just getting out and doing something a little bit different because the high that you get from, <laughs> I don't know if anyone saw Lucy's video that she posted on Instagram yesterday. The run is high as a thing and it's unbelievable. And it doesn't matter if you're in 100K or whether you run 1K. The, the feeling that you get from that, especially coupled with lifting as well, is, is just, beyond anything that i've felt before yeah no definitely like the one thing that i'm just making sure that i'm being careful with is making sure that i'm not putting too much pressure myself with running because i'm technically running for something and that's where the pressure can get a little bit intense yes are you distracted yeah <laughs> that's sometimes when it can get really intense with like the pressure of running because i'm like i need to do this I need to hit this distance and the best thing that happened to me is when I kind of stopped running off pace because it's completely different running for a 10K and running for a 100K. And when I started running off heart rate, it was one of the best things that I ever did for myself in terms of just building my aerobic capacity and not stressing, especially when you are injured with a hip injury when you're running. The last thing you want to be doing is like pounding and pounding and pounding that hip. So the fact that I've been doing aerobic running, it's so much more enjoyable for me at the moment in time just because I'm doing like really really heavy distances mm -hmm. and I just need to make sure that's something I'm really self-conscious well subconscious of is making sure that enjoyment doesn't go for the next six months because yeah. I've got a, a slightly different approach to it at the moment just because I'm training for something yeah, there's, a, there's like a specific you end can goal. do that with the gym now as well and I think a lot, a lot of people do that as they take the enjoyment factor out by putting really high expectations mm -hmm. or pressure they, they it's and again like 
when you look at bodybuilding, it's very much based on self-perceived perfectionism and taking, and that's where that comparison culture comes in and what spoils it for you because then you put these massive expectations on yourself, mm-hmm. which again, those boundaries are so high you don't live up to and then you feel shitty from it. So I, I understand what you you mean with that. And again, that's that's the beauty of having a coach who can keep you accountable, who can tell you when you're going too far, telling you when to pull back a little bit, telling you when to deload, tell you when to push, tell you when to put the foot down. And I think that's a great part that we've had as, as part of our community. And we did a charity run with our community last year. I'm going to do another one in June this year, which is currently planning. We'll give you guys some more information about that um but yeah fully fully looking forward to continue with the running journey yeah one of the things that i wanted to touch on and this is just before we close off the podcast is and you made the point of this yesterday which was so interesting about the victoria's secret model because i know we were talking about stuff that we that was saw it's cal it was all done well done cal it was stuff that we'd seen in the media which we thought was an interesting topic of conversation now, if you were not aware, Victoria's Secret that well, Victoria's Secret had their first model who had Down syndrome, and she's called Sophia Giroux. I'm not 100 percent sure how you say her last name. And they they she's said foreign. I'm not actually she sure. Is, yeah, I've heard her speak. Sophia, yeah. And Victoria's Secret had made the public decision to work with Sophia, who was their first ever model with Down syndrome to collaborate with the brand. And she's 20, yeah, she's from Puerto, Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. And she's 24 and it's part of the campaign called Love Cloud. And it features 18 dynamic women from a myriad of backgrounds. And I was kind of going into it a little bit more just to see if they had any other models. Because obviously Victoria's Secret, when you go back about six years, it was size zero, yeah. very like, it was a lot, wasn't it? Like everyone was striving, I know myself, was striving to be this size zero model with a thigh gap. And it has obviously completely changed since then. And they had also hired a trans model, Valentina Sampiaro, and an indigenous wildland fighter, Celio Miles, to join the initiative. Which to me is like really incredible that they are trying yeah. to be more of an inclusive. I mean, it took a really fucking long time. Well, that's time. what I sometimes think though. I, <laughs> I think it's great that there's more inclusivity and more representation of these groups. But... Like are the are the brands doing it because now that they have to, and now that Good if they question, don't, like be. they'll be cancelled or, um, they're doing it to, just because they basically yeah to force to. It's hard, isn't it? Like you, you wonder whether they're doing it now to, fit in, or whether they're genuinely doing it because that's what the brand believes is is right for them. Mm. Victoria's Secrets are really hard, was it because? Well, they were criticised heavily for it, weren't they? So. Well, they didn't. They didn't do do anything for so long I, I, I feel like it's taken them pro like why is it taking you like five six years which well, for them it's so different isn't it because they yeah. have these really attractive blonde women running down a runway and now it's done like a 360 with um the female that they have working with the brand yeah but it just took them too long i think i think it's amazing and she's 24 which is i feel like is quite young as well i think a lot of victoria's secret models are like 25 26 27 yeah it's freaking incredible i just from a personal perspective i think they probably could have done something a bit sooner Sooner, and been a bit more inclusive from four or five years ago rather than just all of a sudden in 2022 like we're in 2022 do you know what i mean like i I saw this one by the way she's beautiful as well she's she's great and a really bubbly character as well if you you hear her hear her speak 
that was all I had on that. Yeah, it's fine. I, I, saw, I actually saw that. I, I just think, wanted to bring it I think up I, saw, I thought it was valid. I think I saw it on Lad Bible um, first on Facebook. Really? Yeah, yeah. Lad Bible's great though, isn't it? They always pick up click a lot it, of different topics. Click it reporting as well, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, 100%. Cool. I think that will wrap up this I didn't week's... know if you were going to show the shark video. I don't think we can find it. Okay, yeah. I think Lucy's just touched on something I was watching on TikTok the other day. Um, there was a... I don't know if people saw it. Fucking hell, it's horrendous. So... Yeah, I, I've not seen you know the video because I think it's been taken down. Do you know what down. you just called it? A shark attack. There's been people who have been petitioning, I think, against people using the word shark attack and calling it shark something else. Oh, really? Why have because, I misspoken? No, I've called it shark attack as well and loads of people online. But I think what people are saying is that there's hardly any cases of shark attacks and that people are, are really like... That's the word I'm looking for. People are tar- <laughs> called tarnishing the, tarnish the name of shark. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But like blaming the shark when realistically, as human beings, we're going into their habitats. Territory. Hab- yeah, territories, habitats, whatever. And this guy, I think, was he 25, Carl? He was 35 and he was a 30, swimmer. 35. Uh, was he surfing, was he? Or no, no, swimming? he was a swimmer. Oh, swimming. Diver, yeah. And I've, I've saw the real video of this. I don't know if anyone else has seen it online. He and there's just blood everywhere, and the the thing that was so weird, and I was watching a video, and it's like at first this is weird me sitting here watching it, but there's groups of people just, and their first reaction is let's get my fucking iPhone out and just film the whole thing, mm. and that, I think that's an issue in itself that we have now, is that people just want to be the first thing to first people to film something so that they can get it online first and be the people credited for the footage. Mm. It's that not, was the first. It's not thing like I noted oh, that, well, maybe they did ring people and try and get help, and they then then pick the phone up. But I'm sure there's a lot of people, and I see it even when there's fights and stuff, and when I've been at places, the first people's reaction is to oh, fucking record and get my phone out. Yeah, but that's sad. That's this generation. That's this day and age. That's what people do, isn't it? And it's is absolutely it is it this day's generation? Like, if there was phones about fifty years ago, were people still doing the same thing? Mm-hmm. I think that's the other thing is people like to go, oh, "It's this generation. It's this generation because the technology exists." Yeah. If the technology existed a hundred years ago, would would that generation still be doing it? I think we're very quick to, to to blame stuff on generations instead of the technology. No, no, but just like scientifically, they didn't have this technology. No, I know, yeah, but so... after, after the interesting thing is, would people yeah. still done it ages ago? I know it's our generation because we have the technology. But it, it's because it didn't exist back then. I remember Gary Vee speaking about something similar. And he was talking about when... I think there was an image of when someone was... There's two people on a date. What, either one of them or both of them on their iPhone. And it was just coming like, oh, we didn't do this back in my day. And he's like, yeah, I was around back in your day. And instead of having a full-blown conversation, you'd be sitting there not talking to each other. Mm. There's, there's times in conversations where people just don't speak and now it's being filled by people sometimes being on the phone. And I'm all for, by the way, people putting phones away and people being engaged and present and stuff. But at the same time, we, we go back to this, oh, it wasn't like that in my day. Well, yeah, because you didn't have a phone or you just sat there looking at a, a fucking blank wall and not saying anything to the other person. Or they had a Nokia and the only thing you could do is play Snake. Yes. Thanks that's, that. I mean, when, but I, I, that's all I did. Yeah. Before, cheap before phones Instagram, them, before anything like that, I had a little Nokia. I bought my first Nokia and I bought one of the good ones at like a hundred quid. And I remember thinking, wow, I've saved up my whole lifetime for this. Yeah. And then it was BBM. Oh, Blackberry Messenger. Black Messenger. Remember. Where you could update your bio and it was like with, and then you put all your friends. Did you? Yeah. In a I'd, relationship. Add my, add my pin. BFFL. And then put all your BFFLs. That was like, um, do you remember Bebo as well? My sister was you used to ask loved people for your Bieber. Love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Meg, I used, um, I think it's called MSN. I remember MSN, MSN because Messenger. I remember there's someone that I wanted 
them to see me online. I quickly add long on and off like about five times so they see me come up. But do you know what's really weird? People do that on Instagram nowadays. They'll follow you and unfollow you about oh, ten no, yeah. times. It's a new way of doing to try it. and get your attention. It's like that's not working. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna block you because that's well annoying. Yeah, I understand. Um, but yeah, just on that point with the whole shark situation, I awful, absolutely awful that it would be would be filmed that makes me that would make me want like the first thing you do is call the air ambulance the coast got like fucking hell someone's getting attacked by a shark yeah the last thing i think of doing is let me just take a vid i wouldn't you couldn't even what i just yeah i can't fathom that yeah i, know. I couldn't even watch it let alone watch it through a second screen yeah but i'm thankful i've that video has been taken down because i've not seen it yeah, it's not it's not a nice idea. But I think that wraps up. Oh, we're finishing on the shark attack. I think we've got to say that wrap things up nicely. In fact, wrap things up not so nicely. It just we just we well, just lowered the yeah, tone. We lowered the tone slightly. Thanks then, for that, Lucy. I'm really sorry. It was just on my show notes, and I thought we were. I thought I was going to see the video. I'm going to but... leave. I'm going to leave people with a better tone. Mm-hmm. We are. We now have for our podcast listeners only a discount code for the app. My Coach School app. Oh my God. You can yes. get, you can save 20% off your first month of us. This is our all singing, all dancing. We launched in November last year and is now in a, a way better place because we've had a lot of updates and stuff on it. And um, you can now jump on the app for 20% off using code not so fit 20. Is that it? 100%. Yeah. Not so fit 20 in yeah. capital letters. Yeah, we'll leave it in the uh, description of the podcast and we'll leave it in the YouTube channel as well. And on that note, if you have enjoyed the podcast and you like the setup and everything like that, we'd really appreciate it if you did leave a cheeky little review on Apple Podcasts. You just have to search the Not So Fit Couple Podcast, leave a cheeky review, go onto the YouTube channel, give it if, a like, give it a comment. If you're on YouTube, comment. Comment, comment. Len and Boosie. <laughs> comment Len and Boosie, yeah. genuinely. They're the, they're the, really they're the new characters. While also obviously leaving the, in the podcast notes in the youtube and descriptions is the sponsor of today's podcast which is fablet x men you can take advantage of the vip membership in there as well all the details will be there for you to take a look over that you're flat here as well you haven't got any i've got no i've got, I've got no willy you haven't catch him a 12 inch very well there it's just not very i thought it was going to be really realistic and we've we've just not got that vibe ben you've got no knees okay well i'm not though i'll leave you and love you bye guys bye